Welcome to BrainStuff, a production of iHeartRadio. Hey, BrainStuff, Lauren Vogelbaum here. Unless you're a pilot or a member of the Justice League, anything that can travel at 770 miles per hour or about 1,200 kilometers per hour might seem pretty darn fast. On a lukewarm day when atmospheric conditions are normal, that's the approximate speed of sound at Earth's sea level. But the wind speeds on Neptune can put this figure to shame. Some Neptunian winds have been clocked at faster than 1,200 miles, or 2,000 kilometers per hour. To date, these are the fastest winds recorded anywhere in the solar system. Neptune's location makes them all the more interesting. Here on Earth, the sun's energy is what drives our winds. Yet Neptune is the eighth planet in the solar system, about 30 times farther away from the sun than we are. The gap between Neptune and our star is a staggering 2.8 billion miles, or 4.5 billion kilometers, wide. Due to this vast divide, Neptune gets relatively little solar energy, so one might expect it to have weak or non-existent winds. The fact that the opposite is true reflects the dynamic and mysterious composition of this truly alien world. Astronomers used to divide the planets into two broad categories. The first, called the terrestrial planets, included Mercury, Earth, Venus, and Mars. All four bodies mostly consist of metals or silicate rocks, and they've got solid outer surfaces. Before the 1990s, Jupiter, Saturn, Uranus, and Neptune were lumped together into the second group, the gas giants. Giant is certainly an appropriate label. Jupiter is easily the biggest planet in our solar system, but Neptune isn't doing too bad for itself. It has a radius of 15,300 miles, which is about 24,600 kilometers, making it four times wider than Earth. By the turn of the 21st century, however, scientists realized that half of these alleged gas giants are fundamentally different from the other half. True, all four bodies lack solid exteriors, but Jupiter and Saturn are predominantly made of hydrogen and helium gas. The same cannot be said of Uranus or Neptune, whose major components are actually heavier elements. Beneath a sparse outer layer of helium, hydrogen, and methane, both worlds have a thick mantle. This layer is loaded with slushy, semi-frozen water, ammonia, and methane. Further down, each planet's got an inner core that might be rocky and approximately Earth-sized. So today, Uranus and Neptune are no longer considered gas giants. Instead, they've been switched to a third category of planets that astronomers call ice giants. You wouldn't mistake one ice giant for the other, though. Uranus looks pale blue-green to our eyes, whereas Neptune has a deeper royal blue complexion. Both planets contain atmospheric clouds of methane, which simultaneously absorb red light waves and reflect blue ones. This is what gives the two ice giants their bluish color schemes, but it doesn't explain why Neptune is visibly darker in hue. Perhaps there's a mystery ingredient hanging out in the Neptunian atmosphere. However, below their respective atmospheres, scientists theorize that high heat and pressure forge diamonds, which presumably come raining down out of those methane clouds. But here's another key distinction. Uranus doesn't release much excess heat into space, yet Neptune, like Jupiter and Saturn, emits more energy than it receives from the sun. Even so, Neptune is considered the solar system's coldest planet. In some parts of the outer atmosphere, temperatures are liable to hit negative 218 degrees Celsius, which is a negative 360 degrees Fahrenheit. 
Maybe that helps account for Neptune's ultra-fast wind speeds. The atmospheric chill is thought to reduce friction, allowing winds to zip around more freely. Speaking of weather patterns, when the Voyager 2 spacecraft visited Neptune in 1989, it photographed an oval-shaped storm some 8,000 miles or 13,000 kilometers across. Nicknamed the Great Dark Spot, it vanished by the time the Hubble Space Telescope took a new round of pictures in 1994. Altogether, half a dozen Neptunian storm systems of this kind have been documented. Research published in 2019 indicates the storms last for about two to six years apiece. Compared to Jupiter's Great Red Spot, a tempest that's been going strong since at least the year 1830 CE, this is a fairly short lifespan. Lots of interesting things are happening above Neptune as well. The ice giant has 14 known moons, including one that wasn't discovered until 2013. This newcomer was named Hippocamp, in honor of an aquatic beast from Greek mythology. Neptune borrows its own name from the Roman god of the sea. For that reason, astronomers like to name the planet's moons after mythic characters with ties to this deity, his Greek counterpart Poseidon, or the ocean in general. In mythology, one of Poseidon's sons was the trumpet-blowing merman Triton. His namesake moon is Neptune's largest. At 1,700 miles, that's 2,700 kilometers in diameter, it's bigger than the dwarf planet Pluto. Triton is also the only large moon in the entire solar system with a retrograde orbit. But when it circles Neptune, it moves in the opposite direction of the planet's spin. To add further intrigue, Triton has active geysers, a rarity in our cosmic neighborhood. Over time, Neptune might have lost a few satellites. Along with Jupiter, Saturn, and Uranus, the planet has its own personal ring system. Astronomers have identified five main rings around Neptune, and just beyond these lie some orbiting clumps of dusty material. Dark and faint, the rings of Neptune are presumed to be younger than Uranus's. According to Universe Today, they might be the remains of a moon that was somehow destroyed. Unlike every other planet in our solar system, Neptune is never visible to the naked eye. Yet, when it was first spotted via telescope in the year 1846, the discovery didn't come as a surprise. Keen observers had noticed certain irregularities in Uranus's orbit. As the seventh planet moved around the sun, it was deviating from its anticipated pathway. So, in the early 18th century, mathematicians reasoned that a large celestial body must be gravitationally tugging on Uranus. And they were right. Neptune was the culprit. The existence of this azure world, with its savage winds and disappearing storms, was predicted by math. Students, let that fact inspire you when those math tests roll around. Today's episode was written by Mark Mancini and produced by Tyler Klang. For more on this and lots of other topics, visit HowStuffWorks.com. BrainStuff is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Hold up. 